0: to Bossy Bridges with Lisa Schinninger and Julia Dumay, and we are joined again this week by special guest Lisa Easton. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we are talking this week about the new movie Southpaw, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, it's from, it was written by Kurt Sutter, directed by Antoine Fuqua, and um, it just opened a couple of days ago. I saw it this morning. Did you guys get to go to see it already this weekend?
1: Yeah, I saw it with my parents. Ooh. <laughs> Because I'm cool, I'm super
0: cool.
2: With <laughs> I have not seen it actually. I did not okay. get a chance. So
0: all right, so you're gonna have to go off of the trailers then. Yes, that's, okay. that's yes, all right. Sp-
1: yes, yeah, spoiler alert: Rachel McAdams dies. Spoiler. Because uh, she dies in yeah. the trailer of too. Course.
0: <laughs> like I think she lasted a little longer in the trailer than she did in the actual movie. <laughs> oh, I was
1: actually, I was actually surprised at how much she was in the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. how horrifying the whole experience was. Oh, Jeez. oh it was. Okay, yeah. So she's
0: the basic gist of the story is Jake Gyllenhaal is a boxer. He's the top of his game. He's like forty three and oh, he's undefeated. Mm-hmm. He's champion of the world. Late Henry. Right. Um, he's married to Rachel McAdams and they grew up together as orphans in the in the foster care system oh, in New York. Of course they did. In, in, oh, Hell's, in, Hell's, in kitchen. Hell's Kitchen with Matt Hell's Murdock, kitchen. I hope. Yeah. yeah. they had to the the boxing announcers reminded us of, of that like a million times. So <laughs> Uh, I was waiting married, for the Daredevil
1: yeah. crossover the whole time.
0: And never got it. <laughs> I was waiting for Daredevil to be, like, lurking in the back of a scene or something, but it never, it never happened. Right. I was upset. That um, would have improved
1: the movie by 100%.
0: <laughs> Foggy Nelson. Yeah. Like, if he had been, like, <laughs> representing <laughs> him in the custody. Things. Oh, man. Anyway, so... Uh, he has this bout there's this guy that challenges him who wants the title um and then he goads him into oh also they have a daughter i forgot to mention they're a really cute little little girl um so this challenger goads him at a charity event and they get into a a fist fight because of course jake gyllenhaal has anger management issues (laughs) um and in the in the fight somebody pulls a gun and rachel mcadams is shot and she dies and it's (sighs) fucking terrible of course it was brutal. Like, for as little as the as her character actually does, as little development of of her as there is, like, oh. it was really... It's awful. Yeah, it was one of the worst movie deaths I've ever seen, and it's wow. not even very graphic. It's just... Jeez. It's, it's the... Very yeah. emotionally yeah. traumatic. Um, So then, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal falls to pieces. Uh, He loses his... He loses all his money. He headbutts a ref during a fight, and <laughs> he's suspended from boxing for a year. Um... They repossess all his stuff. He loses custody of his daughter. Um, he tries to kill himself by driving into a tree when he's drunk. Um, and then he has to pick his pieces back up, right? So, obviously, it's a classic fridging. Uh, the wife gets killed. and mm-hmm. the, the guy falls apart and wants vengeance, blah, blah, blah. Um. So, I don't know about you, Lisa, but, like, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Like, I mean, it wasn't, like, awful. Right. <laughs> I didn't walk out in the middle of I- it. I only checked my phone once. I, I thought
1: it was <laughs> I thought it was okay. I thought it was decent. I think, you know, the acting yeah. performances like really elevated it. Everybody was very good. Mm-hmm. Um Yes. I it's there's so many cliches though, especially for the boxing yeah. genre, that it's just like you you kind of know every beat before they hit it, so that was what brought it down yeah. for me. And there yeah. Were no surprises. yeah, it was like, like- Okay, he's going to fall from grace, and then he's going to meet mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker, who's going to, like, give him wise <laughs> little things to think about, and then he's going to rise again, you know? Okay, yeah, I got it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there were some interesting things. I thought Forrest Whitaker here was the best I've seen mm-hmm. him in years. Like, huh. um, there were th- little things that he did with the character that I don't know if they were written in, like, specifically, but... Um, Just little nuances to the character that I thought were really interesting. I mostly felt like, well, first of all, it's a Kurt Sutter movie. And if Kurt Sutter has done anything, it has proven to me that I am not a Kurt Sutter fan. (laughs) Um, He does not make movies or television shows for me. Like, I am not his intended audience in any way, shape or form. Um, And I kind of felt like that was (laughs) as if I didn't already know that. Like, he really reinforced it for me. Because when the movie starts, you see the first credit, and it's in that fucking oh god, font. Oh my god! I know. Oh, like the favorite of tattoos and like car yeah. decals everywhere. Oh, I just was god. like, I this is, I literally could not be less engaged with this movie <laughs> from the very first moment. Like,
1: yeah, well, oh, it's boy. very, um, very much that Kurt Sutter thing, and I watched all of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> So, I know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's very much like the woman was the one holding everything together. That was Rachel McAdams. She was keeping him, like, together, keeping the family together. Everything was, like, her. She was the responsible one. And then you kill her so that he can, like, lose his mind. I'm like, oh, good. I've, I saw this. It was called Sons of Anarchy Season 7.
0: Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. It wasn't good then, yeah. either. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I... Um, like I'm a big boxing movie fan, like which is kind of surprising to people sometimes uh but I, I like like there's a comfort in that the cliched arc of the boxer who needs to find redemption right um or the underdog uh who has to triumph over the adversary I just like it's it's really comforting since rocky like those have been my favorite stories but um like there was I couldn't stop thinking about rocky as as I was watching this movie actually because. Um, that's an example of a classic boxing movie where you have this really cliched arc, but there's enough character development within it. Like, um, that it makes it, it elevates it, which is a, a strange thing to say about a Stallone movie, but that was, I think, one of the greatest movies he's ever done, if not the greatest, where there were, there was an actual tangible development to his character, to his love interest, to, um, the love interests, brother. Uh, never anything in this show, in this movie, kind of reached that point for me, except maybe the little girl. But even that was so like, well, okay, she's got to be loving and wonderful and so proud of her parents and so happy, and then she's got to be devastated, and then she's got to hate her dad, and then she's right. got to be okay with everything. Like, <laughs> it, it was, it was so clearly mapped out, like from the second that you saw her, that it was like there were no surprises. The only genuine surprise for me was um, toward the end of the movie, the uh, her—I don't know what she'd be—her caseworker. Yeah, guess, that's uh, Naomi the Harris, girl's
1: caseworker, that's
0: the actress. Yeah, Naomi Harris. She accompanies the little girl to uh, her father's fight, like the last big fight of the movie, um, where the redemption takes place in las vegas and they live in new york city i know why and I, was like, I couldn't figure that happening? why would the kids, like, why yeah. in las
1: vegas which by the way was not las vegas it was not caesar's palace
0: i yeah. can tell you that
1: from experience i was, I, saw, I saw this with my yeah. parents my mom works for one of the big resort companies here in vegas and she, when they said Caesar's Palace, she mm-hmm. laughed. Because she was like, Caesar's Palace doesn't <laughs> even do boxing anymore. They would never get this fight. She's like, it would go to MGM or Mandalay Bay. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Yeah, but so the caseworker goes with her to, to, to not Vegas. And and then the caseworker is, like, really invested in the fight. Like, she's really into it. And I was like, what? what is happening? Like, where... Did we miss like a chunk of the movie where it turned out she's like a secret boxing <laughs> fan this whole time and like or the, like no one the state of New York is have taking to a child? <laughs> like, who's paying for this?
1: Is Fifty yeah. Cent paying for this? What's what? going on? Ugh.
0: Fifty Cent <laughs> must have been paying for it. That's why he doesn't have any money. Um. So yeah, it was just like there were just and there were a lot of little moments like that where I was just like this doesn't make any sense. And I also I don't know about you, Lisa, but I felt like the movie I feel like the movie was telling the wrong story. Like, fundamentally the wrong story. Because we keep finding these characters within it that had a uh, much uh, yeah, more interesting absolutely. story, I thought. Um, Forrest Whitaker plays the, the boxing trainer who owns a gym who helps out. He doesn't train pro boxers. That's a point in the movie that's obviously brushed aside so that the it's narrative It's brushed can aside by um, killing off a 13 year train- boy, by the way. <laughs> so Yes, yes. Oh, God. Because his gym is for, he doesn't train pro boxers, he trains kids, like, to, uh, like, use their brains, basically. Like, to give them a way out of whatever circumstances that they're in. And I thought that, I mean, like, when Absolutely. we meet this guy, I'm like, I'd rather watch the movie about this guy. Like, to find out what his history is with boxing, to find out what he's doing with these kids in this neighborhood. Find out what kind of an impact he has. And then we meet Hoppy, who's this 13-year-old boy. Really sweet. Jake Gyllenhaal's character has a connection with him. And then he disappears after we find out that he's in some sort of trouble at home. He disappears, and then a half an hour later, we find out that he's dead. and It happened off the <laughs> yeah. screen, and it's really devastating, oh and Jake Gyllenhaal and Forrest Whitaker cry about it. And I was like, but that's a story I would want to see. You want
1: to, yeah, you want to see the Forrest Whitaker story, the, the kid, the way he connects with the kids, absolutely. Like, I've seen the Jake Gyllenhaal story in other movies, mm-hmm. so I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Rocky made five of them, like, and there's Apollo, Apollo Creed's son is about to have his own, like, with Michael B. Jordan in a couple of <laughs> months. So, which, by the way, everybody, when Creed comes out, go see it, because Michael B. Jordan should be, like, one of I the biggest so. movie stars in the world, and I think that's where it's going to start. Anyway, um, yeah, like, it just felt like, like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about for the rest of the episode, because it really felt like... The movie yeah. was... I do want a, like, a good even. hour
1: talking about like. Rachel McAdams' career, whether here or somewhere else. <laughs> because I, I think most people like Rachel McAdams. I think she's really good pretty much in everything. She's mm-hmm. good at comedy. She's good at drama. She can do all of it. But... And I don't blame her for her career, but I feel like I've reached this point with Rachel McAdams where somebody needs to do something with her. Where she's in projects... She's never in a project where her character yeah, yeah. is driving the narrative. She's either a supporting character or she's, like, the co-lead, yeah. but it's the male character driving the story. Because even, like, The Notebook, she was, like, the co-lead, but it was Ryan Gosling's story, not hers. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I was just I was just going to argue with you that she was in a movie where she led the narrative, but then I remembered that it wasn't her that led the narrative at all. The one where she plays the morning news producer... Right. And right, it turns like, out that one of the secondary leads, Harrison Ford, is the one who's actually driving the narrative. Like the
1: like, yeah, Morning Glory, I
0: think. Morning Glories, yeah. Yeah. Because um, even,
1: I think the closest she's come is maybe Red Eye, but that's oh, more yeah. equal to, that was like, she was more of an equal with Killian Murphy's character. So it's
0: close. I was going to say it's maybe not quite there.
1: Girls. Yeah, but even that, that's Lindsay Lohan's movie, so. yeah.
0: Well, Red Eye, I think, even though she most of her action is like reactive yeah. to Killian what Killian Murphy is doing to her, I think she is I think that is her movie. More, I mean if you say Red Eye, everybody remembers Rachel McAdams. Right. I don't know how many people remember Killian Murphy, even though he played a fantastic villain in that. Right. Um Personally, I always just think of it as a field hockey movie because I, too, keep a field hockey stick from high school in my bedroom. (laughs) So when she pulled that out in the climax of the movie, I was like, yes, a movie for me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, it feels like I don't know what the what a career for Rachel McAdams would look like if she were. Um, driving the narrative in her in her projects, but I I do wish, like you said, that somebody would be like, "This is what we're gonna do." Like, um, if someone other than Nick Pizzolatto could like latch onto her and put her in things where she gets to be the active, the and, hero.
1: and I certainly, like I said, I don't blame her because it's just Hollywood. It takes mm-hmm. it's hard on the on women actresses in Hollywood that to find those roles and for people to give them that that shot. Because you have someone, even like someone like Charlize Theron, the reason why her career flipped was because she produced Monster. She put that out there in the world. Right. Because she was tired of being the prop in everyone else's story. So you have to, like, find that project that flips things for you. And I'm like...
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, she's so good.
1: So I, I want that for her. I want someone to do that for her or for her to do it for herself. So, and it sucks that it has to
0: be that way, but it's, you know. Yeah. You know, I, that, and that makes me think, like, how different a story, like, Southpaw, well, it wouldn't be called Southpaw, but, like, what would the story look like if they fridged the fighter instead of the wife? Like, yeah. how does the woman who, her job has been to take care of this man who earns all of this money and this huge house and puts himself in physical danger all the time and makes terrible decisions what happens when that goes away like what does she do to go forward to you know can like she can't keep them in the lifestyle to which they've no but the movie would
1: have been 40 minutes long because she seemed smart (laughs) enough to put that money in a like a savings account and (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) do some real financial planning there and he didn't. Yeah, yeah. I was
2: going to yeah. say, when I learned about this, you know, oh, he lost everything. I'm like, how, how, how are you, well, you need uh, a better that a, financial manager, the one, clearly. The one, because one kind of
1: interesting aspect, I thought, of the movie that, I don't think a lot of movies that are about like, fame and fortune do, is, because um, he did lose all the money. But what it was, it showed, he had all these people around him that were supposed to be his friends, but they were really just takers. So they were just taking, t- mm-hmm. taking from him, and then as soon as the money dried up, they were gone. Like he literally had that yeah. one friend left, and the rest, everybody else around him was was gone. Fifty Cent plays his manager, and he's basically like, "Oh, you're suspended for boxing. The money's dried up. Bye. I'm gonna go manage the guy that like was part of the group that killed your wife. Now, bye." So I think that that was the one yeah. I think interesting aspect that a lot of movies don't show, and it is very true to life that when you're famous and rich, people crowd around you. As soon as it's gone, they're gone.
0: Yeah. Well, and the point about where did the money go, I think, is an interesting one because the movie doesn't really no. get into that. Like they're they're shown they spend a lot. You would if you saw the house. It's, they were it's like have, the
1: X Men <laughs> mansion. It looks, it's gigantic.
0: Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Like it looks like a chateau in the French countryside, and I mean chateau in the pre revolutionary nice. sense. Oh. Like there are like three hundred servants living in this house with the family. Jeez. Like it was ridiculous. Um but then there's also a moment what happens is he's they Oh, there was something I'll come back to in a second about his drinking, but um, so the financial advisor actually comes and says you're out of money. Like you need to sell some shit. Like you can't. They've already taken two of your cars. You can't do this. He had like a fleet of cars, by the way. Like um, but there's this moment where he's like, "How? Where's all the money? Like what happened to the money? Are you stealing from me?" And the financial manager's like, "No, of course I'm not stealing from you." And then the camera goes to Fifty Cent, and Fifty Cent has this Mm -hmm. expression on his face, and I was like, "Is he fucking taking it?" Like he's siphoning something and the movie just never went back there. Like, but I walked out completely convinced that that's what happened. It's not just the spending that like 50 cent is that shady hmm. that he's been directing money elsewhere because his whole thing is he wants to sign this guy to another fight contract. He, you know, three more fights, this much money. Um, and he pressures him before the wife dies. He pressures him after the wife dies. He uses the wife's death. Death is leveraged to get the contract signed. Like he's just which is actually pretty true to the
1: world Um, of professional boxing. There's a lot of shady stuff that goes down. A lot of these managers. I mean, like Don King is a criminal. I think everyone knows that. And there's a lot of corruption Mm -hmm. within the world of boxing. So that's and even at the end when he's like, "Well, I know you're suspended, but I can get them to like stop the suspension so you'll fight this guy." And I'm like, "Yeah, that would totally happen. Actually, (laughs) that's completely realistic."
0: Yeah. and there was another, it, it's treated again, like, they keep having these, what I thought could have been really interesting, like, developments, and they're just treated as throwaways, like that, like the, I can get your license unsuspended. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal admits that um, the the 50 mm-hmm. Cent threw some fights, like, arranged for them to be thrown, like, they were fixed. Um, but every single time, it was just like, oh, okay, okay. now, the, now the, let's move on to the next thing. Like, yeah, this thing happened, but let's just move on this- move on to the next
2: you have to move on to the next story beat basically i'm like that's a shame because it sounds like there's like we've already named like several potentially really (laughs) interesting alternate plots for this i'm
1: like again Um, i'm gonna blame Sutter because that's sons of anarchy as well uh like they would do a lot of really good plots, but then they would throw things aside in favor of emotional manipulation, which is exactly what this movie does. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you know how that's interesting? We'll forget it. We're just gonna do a sad scene about Jake Gyllenhaal being drunk or his daughter <laughs> being sad. So you know
0: yeah. Well and the the drunk thing I said I would come back to because we don't yeah, actually see him drink pretty much in the movie. Right? <laughs> or like, they keep they talk telling about us that he's he drunk be, like, like pills. He's...
1: Like when he runs the car into the tree like you know what were you yeah like what were you taking and I'm like no one knows we didn't see it this is a rated
0: r movie show us the drugs (laughs) yeah they they put him in the car and he's super sweaty like much more sweaty than he should be and he's upset about his wife and then drives (laughs) a car into a tree and I'm like but what happened in the meantime like how did he get to this point why is he so sweaty like (laughs) it's a really expensive car with a really good air conditioning system
1: you know he might have a glandular (laughs) disorder (laughs) <laughs> yeah, It would
0: explain the aggression. It would explain the mood changes. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, but again, we don't know because Kurt Sutter doesn't give a shit because instead he just wants to show um, the guy collapsed in the foyer of his house with his child screaming over him, which again... There are a lot of people that live in that house with them. There's a nanny, there's a housekeeper, like and the child is the only person that hears the car crash and the yeah. star, er, and the alarm going off and I'm like the poor child the...
1: screaming, Someone help me and I'm like, Seriously, someone help her <laughs>
0: Nobody comes. Yeah. And she's just cradling <laughs> not her. Not even like the person. Not even like the nanny. The person no. who is
2: charged with. They're all they're keeping all, an eye on this child. Maybe
0: they took the same pills that Jake Gyllenhaal took. Out. <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe everyone we, has we carbon know. monoxide
1: poisoning. You don't know.
0: <laughs> it's true. They could. I didn't see any. I didn't see any alarms in the house. Any carbon monoxide detectors. Some, so well,
1: that's, that's something Rachel McAdams forgot to do before she died.
0: So. Yeah. She did, yeah, she took care of putting, making sure the batteries were there and testing them every month. And she was gone and there was nobody left to do it. It's a shame. Um, So, yeah, like, but, and then there's some drinking stuff that happens with Forrest Whitaker's character where, like, they kind of hint that he has, like, an alcohol problem. But, again, it's not developed. It just sort of slides right past you. Um, And then the end of the movie, like, he wins his fight, which I don't think counts as a spoiler because it's a boxing movie. Of course, he wins his friggin' fight. Um, and then the movie literally just yeah. ends. Like, there's I like, no, I don't think it's there's, like, climax I like, done. I don't think there's ne- Oh, good. I well, good thing that'll fix yeah, everything. I, that's
1: what, as soon as it ended, I thought, I don't know that there's necessarily a happy ending past where this movie ends. Yeah. Because he's...
0: No, because he's going to be in the same situation like, again. Like, not on, he hasn't changed enough about his life to avoid what happened before. Like, he's going to get manipulated into another contract. Like, yeah. Like, the girl is going to be in danger with him because he makes terrible choices, because he's apparently a drunk and a pill popper. And he's popper. not
1: educated. And, he's clearly not, you know, a very smart person, mm-hmm. uh, sorry to say. He's just kind of... Yeah. A boxer.
0: It was... It, it, it plays like it's a happy ending, and it's nothing but tragedy. Like, there was nothing I was happy about in the end. Like, it was just... I said before I went. I said on Twitter that it was just like dread right. all the way down, and Ugh. it really was like Ugh. the whole, the whole experience of the movie. Like it just, um, there was something, and I just lost what it was. There was something I wanted to ask you about Lisa in the movie. Oh, um, so I don't know if you noticed this, but for about the first two thirds of the movie, um, every time Jake Gyllenhaal speaks, he sounds. Oh like my an god. Boxer. He yes. sounds. <laughs> He he mumbles. It's very hard to understand what he's saying. Um, he clearly does not have like clear direction of thought. Like he, it seems like he thinks in in loops. Uh, he speaks in loops. Um, he doesn't seem like he's having a lot of um, success. Right. Reasoning things. He has no control over his temper. It's really devastating. And Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know that he'll ever be up for any awards for this role, but. I think he did a really great job of sort of depicting like the devastation that these men put themselves through, and like what comes oh, out yeah. the other Jake end. Jake
1: Hall, despite us trashing the movie right now, yeah. but, like Jake Hall is incredible. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. But about two thirds of the way through the movie, all of a sudden, he's just fine.
1: Well, because he stopped drinking and taking his mysterious pills that we never see. Right.
0: There's all this stuff happening off screen. (laughs) Rachel McAdams, before she dies, is worried that within two years he's going to be punch drunk. He's going to be he's going to have so much brain damage that he's not going to be able to function. But um, two thirds of the way through the movie, all of a sudden he can speak and I can understand him and he can understand things that are happening around him. And I was like, but what happened? Again, it was like one of those things where something interesting happened. And it would have been really nice to see it, but instead yeah, I, it was. Just oh like, yeah! Oh. Again,
1: I mean, there's a more interesting movie in dealing with the effects of boxing mm-hmm. and having your face punched in for your job than what we actually saw in the movie. Yeah. So the, I wonder.
0: I wonder if that was the movie that like Forrest Whitaker and Jake Gyllenhaal thought they were making. Um, I,
1: I don't know. You know, I. I <laughs> you're right. Like Jake Gyllenhaal's not going to get nominations for this movie, and that's it's in part because the material is just not good enough yeah. to get noticed. But I just think Jake Hall he is making a lot of interesting choices in his career, and he's doing a lot of really great work, so it'll happen. Yeah, <laughs> He'll get his Oscar someday. It just yeah. won't be this movie. And I, th-
0: I think this might like eventually be a thing where people look and they say, "Look at, I mean, look at all that talent that he was working with, um, yeah. even in these substandard vehicles." Because it really is. I'm not going to recommend anybody see this movie. Um, I we, would
1: wait till Netflix gets it. Yeah, wait until it it's
0: free on some free for, on some system that you're already paying to watch things on. Yeah, or like a friend wants you to see it and brings their DVD over because for some insane reason they own it. <laughs> we all know that there's there's one person out there who's going to own it that you know. Um, like, I have don't...
1: some. I know some people that are really into Jake Gyllenhaal's abs. Those people will own it.
0: So, mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was something I thought about during the. movie. I had a lot of time to think during the movie because there wasn't really much happening <laughs> in front of me. But um, one of the things I really thought about was this is two hours of like Jake Gyllenhaal has juiced something. Like he's <laughs> that he is cut. He is bulked Jacked. up. He looks like he looks like a boxer. He has. His frame is usually really narrow, but he looks really solid. Like, he's put on a lot of muscle. He's done the work. He actually apparently did actual, like, in-the-ring boxing and He in also the movie.
1: did this back-to-back, basically, with Nightcrawler. Which really? I don't know if, if you guys have seen Nightcrawler, but he lost a bunch of weight. He was, like, 150 pounds or something for
2: Nightcrawler. Oh, my God.
1: And so it was like, he did Nightcrawler, and then he was going to do this, so he had to put the weight on. To get jacked, yeah. which is well, crazy. he
0: he juiced because he put on a lot yeah. of muscle. Like, he I mean, definitely he definitely looks—he
1: looks like a boxer.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he moves like one too. I and I read somewhere that he actually did like this was actual full contact. Like, he actually got hit, mm-hmm. um, which you could tell in the movie there the way that their faces moved when there were direct hits. Um, they weren't all direct. Yeah, hits, he's not concerned but,
1: about the money maker that Janela.
0: Yeah. Just, no, not at all. He's just like, <laughs> like hit me in the face. Terrible. I don't care. But he looked... Like, his body... And it's a boxing movie, so, like, half the guys on screen are, like, half naked all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it was, like, just so obvious that this movie was not made with people like me in mind, because there was no, like, um, objectifying those bodies. Like, there, w- there is no female gaze in no. this movie at all. It is entirely 100% male gaze. Um, if... It's all about power. It, it's not about, like, um, there's no sex to it, like, at all, which is really surprising. I guess that's um, a,
2: that's a relief, because yeah. God knows what that could have, where that well, could have gone.
0: Yeah, that's true. They have, well, they have, like, ring girls in the, in the fights, but, like, the the camera doesn't even rest on them. It's like the weirdest kind of male gazy thing. Like it's all power fantasy kind of stuff. Like although to
1: to be um, fair, again with the Sons of Anarchy, we did get a Charlie Hunnam butt shot every other week. Nice. So maybe it wouldn't have been so bad <laughs> no, if there would have been sexy, a... you know? That's
0: something. Maybe I need to give Kurt Sutter a little more credit <laughs> then.
1: <laughs> I mean they they used I really, to joke I they used to, to some joke some that Charlie Hunnam's ass movie. was like the fourth build lead of Sons of
0: Anarchy, right. so. Alright, so I'm going back to Netflix <laughs> and I'm going to put Sons of Anarchy in my lips. <laughs> no, I'm not don't. But I could yeah. for Charlie yeah. Hunnam's butt. Um, yeah, but so that was really interesting, I thought, like, because, and again, it's a when I got out of the movie, I I drove home. And this is the funniest thing. Like, I wasn't really into that mo- into the movie. I didn't find the ending to be satisfying. Um, I found the whole thing to be just, like, a misery no. slog. No. But as I was driving home, I did feel like... I mean, and I, this is an actual physical feeling that I have that I'm going to try to describe for you because it's insane. Like, as I was driving, I noticed, like, I had my shoulder... Like, one shoulder cocked up. Like, um, and I had, like, this really, like... This physical urge to, like, thumb my nose and, like, do some bobbing and weeping. I was like, did you like, just turn like, oh, up the, um, like, the up car, like, M and crank up some M, M.
1: Like-
0: and <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, like, I really felt like... And I can't even imagine what it must have been like for a guy, like, for whom this movie was actually made, to walk out of that movie. <laughs> because if I walked out of it, like, so unimpressed, but also like, yeah, let me butch it up a little bit here. Like, <laughs> yep. I can't imagine. It was... Technically, a good movie, I think. I, okay to good. Um, Anton Fuqua is a, a brilliant director. I think. I wish that the material had been elevated to his talents. Um, but There's just, a lot
1: of talented people like said, involved it was just in a this slog. movie. For it did not mm-hmm. be as good as it was. I mean, I and you know this is actually um, it's technically James Horner's last score that he did. There's another movie, yeah. there's another movie say... coming out, I think, later this year, called The 33, and that's the last movie that'll, mm-hmm. I think, come out with his name attached to it, but this was the last score that he composed and recorded, and it is dedicated to James Horner, so yeah. it's like, you've got, I mean, of course, there goes the emotional manipulation thing. I loved James Horner's music, but it is very emotionally manipulative. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then, like, a... Uh, at the end of this movie which as we've said is, is manipulative in place of basically anything of substance like the movie the the movie ends the the fight ends he's reunited with his daughter the movie just stops dead in its tracks and then James Horner's name is on the screen and well, I was just like like it yeah. felt like running into a brick wall like that's like You're that's like, okay victory. done like, oh. it was <laughs> yeah yeah oh no, I, I can't recommend this to anybody. Oh, like, I just can't <laughs> Yeah, there's it. a
1: few, uh, few things there. Like, we have not mentioned that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, his last name is Hope, which is the worst
0: thing. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> it's such a joke. Like, oh. And,
0: and what's the great? his nickname? The Great. So he is yeah. Billy the Great oh, Hope. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And that was something, again a more interesting story than the one that we actually got is like there aren't a lot of white guys at the pro boxing level right. like now right like you see these these fight cards and it's it's there aren't a lot of white guys to be found in boxing um so then for this movie to be centered on this one white guy from Hell's Kitchen make sure you mention that again Hell's <laughs> Kitchen um and they And they call him the Great, and his name is Hope, and that white is left invisible until there's a headline that calls him the Great White Dope. Um, And then, like, the villain of the piece is his his challenger, who's a guy from Colombia, and his entourage is um, Latino friends of his. And there are not, like, when you go to, um, so, like, his circle is all, like, white guys. Um, and then you go to the gym where Forrest Whitaker works, and it's a lot of black kids. Um, and then you have this other Latino camp that we literally never see unless well, they're being evil. To
1: be fair, there is one black guy in Jake Gyllenhaal's circle, and he's the one with the gun.
0: Yeah, oh, job. of course. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I forgot. He is the security guy with the unlicensed gun. <sighs> no permit to carry who pulls and the movie frames it like the again when she's shot we don't even it's not even on screen we don't even see it until she realizes. until he realizes that she's shot like the movie is very much very narrowly focused on jake gyllenhaal's pov um but and so the only person that we see with a gun when we hear the shot ring out is the black guy um so you think at first that she's shot by one of his own friends um and then they never actually like
1: well, like, I, I know, like, the people that, were, my parents, the people that were with me, like, I'm playing it off, um, <laughs> they were confused, like, who did shoot her? And I was like, yeah. I, you actually, like, briefly see, I think it's, like, the friend or brother of the other boxer, the Colombian boxer, pull out a gun mm-hmm. first when the fighting first starts. Right. So, I like, it's assumed that it was him and the other guy pulled out the gun yeah because
0: the black guy gets tackled first Mm -hmm. um and the the guy i think his name is hector because jake gyllenhaal goes looking for him later even though i don't know how he knows where he lives but whatever um he actually like the bot the challenger goes over to him and gets the gun away from hector and like hector runs out of the building and then the gun's laying on the ground but nobody is going after the guy that actually fired the shot they're all on top of the black guy and i was like well that that at least makes sense. That's true to life. Like it's the most realistic yeah. thing and, in this entire movie. And another yeah. thing,
1: the whole movie, you know, they don't know who really shot Rachel McAdams, so there it's never like a solved case. Nobody's going to justice. At the end, the police detectives are in Vegas at the fight. Because <laughs> I'm like because he's Jake Tollan Hall yeah. is fighting the guy that was part of this group, you know. And, uh,
0: and they're in the dressing room with the daughter. And I'm like, thinking, they're not even... what
1: are these cops expecting? That, like, halfway through the fight, he's gonna be like, yeah,
0: I killed your wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got him. <laughs> well, and even if he did, they're watching it on TV, so why did they go all the way to Vegas to hear this potential confession on TV if they could have just stayed in New York and watched it on TV? I don't know. Like, there's so many holes in this movie, and I, I don't even care enough to, like, try and figure them out. It's just, like, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least I wish we'd picked a better movie for your first episode. <laughs> but there
1: was a lot of talking. If it had been too good, it would have been a very short
0: episode. That's true. We would have just been like, "That was a good movie. Everybody see it." Yeah. Um. Well. Also, uh, uh trailers. What did you, what trailers did you have before your movie? I don't even
1: remember now.
0: <laughs> I saw um. I got there late, so I only saw one or two, and we I we did have not impressed. With we most did have of them.
1: the Sicario trailer, which
0: yes, did you? I didn't see the yeah. Sicario trailer. So I fi-
1: I got to see it on the um, big screen now, and I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's the um when's that coming uh, out?
1: Like late September. Late yeah.
0: September. Yeah. And we're going to have you back on because your boy is the one. Who I am the
1: Roger Deakins cinematography specialist. Yeah. So, and he did the cinematography. Yeah. Her
0: book. real name is not Lisa Easton. It's Mrs. Roger yeah. Deakins. He might not know that. Yeah.
1: He doesn't know it. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> Roger Deakins, yeah. number one fan. Um. So, yeah, th- I remember I went to see a movie a couple of weeks ago and I, te- and I uh, added you on Twitter because... Um, we saw the Sicario yeah. trailer and it looks so good. Uh, the Spectre trailer was oh, ahead yeah, of yeah. this movie. Like, I wanted to watch the movies that were <laughs> in the trailers more than I wanted to watch the actual movie that I uh, saw. we did
1: <laughs> have...
0: The trailer for The yeah, Martian. Yeah, we had that
1: as well. That looks really oh, yeah. good. With There's like
0: so I'm many people in that, that, that movie. In There's show notes.
1: a thousand people in that movie that, and they're all great people. <laughs> So yeah, I just love any trailer that has the line Wait, "I'm gonna, I have to science the shit out of this." I mean, that is a great line. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, there was another Rachel McAdams going back to that. Somebody needs to get her career under control, um, and I hope that it's her. Uh, it's the one there. It's about the investigation that uncovered sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Um, I don't know the name of the movie. I I uh, missed the name of the movie, um, but it looks like horrible. And she's like <laughs> second or third build. Of course. And she's one of the very one of the only women in a company of men. Surprise, surprise. I don't even. It know would it what be Spotlight? Called. Spotlight. Spotlight. Yes. Is that it. Yeah. Huh.
1: And it's Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Is. Like the lead.
0: Yeah, the Boston Globe. Uh it's got uh Batman. John
1: Slattery, Michael Keaton, Mike Schreiber, bunch of dudes, 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 all the way down. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, in fact if you go on to um IMDB, there are ten guys for every one woman listed in the cast. Uh and the credit it's it says credited cast sorted by imdb star meter. Rachel McAdams is at the top and there's no huh. way she's top billed. <laughs> there's just no. no way. Um Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure Mike uh Michael Keaton and Mark Ruffalo are the two top billed.
0: Yeah. Uh Leif Schreiber's in it too. Yeah. Um but yeah, and like you said earlier, like she keeps doing these where like the guys drive all of the action. Um
1: I'm like Rachel, I'm- call us. We'll talk to you. Figure it out. Like, take control. You have to take control of your own career because nobody's doing it for you. Yes. And I ha- I have not, I'm not watching True Detective Season 2 for numerous reasons, but I'm yeah. not hearing good things about that either. Like, that she's very good. She's very good in everything she does, but it's not good. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um. And there's rumors that she's going to be in Doctor Strange.
1: Yeah, that's currently rumored.
0: Which, which again, God she'll please, be the second, no.
1: second, you know, <sighs> Rachel. Even if
0: she's, even if she's the star of it, which she won't be because she's not Doctor Strange. Like it's another one. Benedict Cumberbatch is gonna suck all the air out of the room on that one. Ugh. Boy, this is a downer. Rachel McAdams, come on. <laughs> we We're available that. to consult if she wants to run things past us.
1: I think she should um. befriend Charlie Theron and see how that goes because I think that's one thing that Charlize has done really great and like I said, it was because she took control and said, I have to do this nobody else will, I have to find the scripts I have to find the people to direct and produce them and produce them myself and that's why you Mm -hmm. see her, like it started with Monster and now she's done all these other movies where she is the lead and she's not the second fiddle and she's not, you know, the prop for anybody else
0: yeah I really want to see Rachel McAdams do something like, um, what was the Charlize Theron one where she was the, uh, the ghost writer, um, who went home. Why can't I think of the name of it? Oh,
1: young adult. Sorry, Young adult.
0: L- yeah, young adult. Yeah. Yes. Um, like, where she's an unsympathetic, uh, protagonist. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, there was an interesting conversation on Twitter that I saw a lot of, uh, Writers in science fiction and fantasy were talking about um, how rare it is to get an unsympathetic female protagonist mm-hmm. um like, like where you really have to like rack your brain to try and come up with books and movies that do that um, and young adult is one of those that does it really really well uh, where you like it's one of the she's a character where, that you want to root for her but she just makes it impossible to root for yeah. her because she's so awful um like Rachel McAdams, I think could do. Really, really interesting. Things Absolutely, a character like because that.
1: she was the un- unsympathetic character in Mean Girls,
0: but mm-hmm. she's still
1: kind of—you still come around at the end where you're like, "Well, I don't want her to get hit by the bus after all." So you know, yeah. And she's, but she's, and she's also played the sympathetic character, so she definitely could do it. So, come on, Rachel. Yeah. We're all rooting for you, Rachel. <laughs> you could do it.
0: Let's set up a lunch with Charlie's <laughs> and Rachel where they talk about stress. Totally down for like, it. Yeah. Um, So switching gears yet again, uh, boxing movies in general do you guys have any, like Jules you said when we started talking about Softball that it didn't really look like your thing is that because of the boxing? Is that because of the fridging? Is that because of Jake Gyllenhaal?
2: Yeah, all of the above I guess. Um, Yeah I like I just find that boxing movies just do absolutely nothing for me Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of sports movies in general kind of leave me cold but Boxing is one of those ones where I just cannot bring myself to feel anything at all about it. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I, I like them fine in theory, but then I actually see them and I'm like, okay, well, that's that's a thing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure.
0: So, yeah, I don't really have any recommendations, unfortunately. Are there any, any anti-recommendations? Can you think <laughs> of any that you've seen that you just... Like, if you could wipe it from your memory, or maybe you already have wiped it from your memory.
2: Yeah, I think that they already. I think I already have. If I have, um,
0: <laughs> so because I'm up. like,
2: <laughs> it's all a blank for me, nothing okay. at all.
0: Okay. Um, how about you, Lisa? Do you have any? Do you do you like boxing movies in general? Like.
1: I think it's it's not a genre that I specifically mm-hmm. seek out. Like, I'm not, oh, I have to watch every boxing movie. But if there's, you know, actors I like in it, or it's, like, particularly good, then, yeah, I'll get into it. I, and, like, I don't watch mm-hmm. boxing. Like, I don't care about the actual sport of boxing. And boxing movies are much better than boxing in a way, because it's not 12 rounds of them just dancing. It's actually, right. like, punching. And it's all edited, so it's kind of more enjoyable to watch that way. So, yeah, I would say my recommendations are, um, I want to give a, a recommendation to Girl yes. Fight, which is uh, Michelle Rodriguez. It was, like, her first major thing in, uh, like, the late 90s, and it's really good, and it's there's not enough movies about women mm-hmm. fighters, and hopefully that'll change because Ronda Rousey is amazing. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're recording this the day after she knocked out uh, Beth Correa in 34 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Ronda Rousey is like a superstar. So, Girl Fight, I would definitely recommend. Um, I would also recommend The Champ, which is the older version for sure, which is um Wallace Beery and, like, Little Jackie Cooper. It's very sad. So, oh. She's like, don't watch it unless you're prepared for very, very sad. And then they... They remade it in the, like, 70s with John Voight and Little Tiny... Ricky
0: yeah, that's Schroeder. the one I've seen. <laughs> that's the one I would not Yeah, recommend. that is also
1: very, very sad. Yeah, it's it's not as good as the Wallace Beery mm-hmm. version, but it is also very sad. Like, people will remember Ricky Schroeder's, like, little kid crying yeah. face over anything. <laughs> yeah. So I recommend that. And then, um, I mean, obviously, Raging Bull, for lots of reasons. It's a classic. Yeah. I know, like, everyone's seen it, though. And then Rocky, of course. Yeah,
0: Rocky's my number one recommendation, because um, yeah. I think it does all the stuff that I want a, a boxing movie to do. Um, it,
1: I, it is definitely the best yeah. boxing movie oh,
0: yeah. in my There's opinion. a lot of... Yeah. Um, emotional manipulation is, like, the second most important thing in a in a boxing movie after, like, <laughs> the, the fake fight. Um, like, if you think of things like Million Dollar Baby and Cinderella Man and... Um, even, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the one. It, was it just Rocky Marciano? The one that, um...
1: I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: with, uh... John Favreau. <laughs> it was John Favreau, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, they're all, like, it's all, like, oh, this guy's got such odds to overcome, and, like, the, the name of the game is Emotional Manipulation, or in the case of Million Dollar Baby, it's a, a girl fighter, Um, but, like, Rocky, I think, has this really great balance of, like, the emotion and the action, um, and I just, I just love it, like, he's a guy who just wants to fight, (laughs) he just doesn't know anything else, there's nothing else for him to do, um, and so, and it's, uh, one of the very few where they show you that there's a guy, and there's literally no way out for this guy except in the ring, um, and, but it's not, like, depressing and horrible the way that it would be in life or in a lot of other movies um so and you know stallone looks nice in it <laughs> that's my big one i mean um, it is
1: a classic for a reason yeah
0: so. well he did he he was nominated for the oscar for writing that he actually yeah. wrote the screenplay um yeah. it was best picture it was best director best editing and then he was nominated for screenplay um it's really what got his career going. He would not be the, uh, the legendary action movie guy that we know today if it weren't for Rocky. Um, so that's the only one I would recommend anybody watch.
1: So you're not going to recommend Teen Wolf 2? You
0: know, if, <laughs> if there is a Justin Bateman boxing <laughs> hole in your life that you need to, to plug up, that, that's the only movie that's going to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. i
1: admittedly had forgot that movie was about boxing and i went to yeah. like look at box uh, boxing movies on wikipedia last night just to see if there's anything i was like forgetting and i was mm-hmm. like teen wolf 2 was a boxing movie <laughs> i've you know what else it! a it and i forgot movie? it was a boxing movie
0: what? real steel is a boxing oh movie. yeah i'm just That's i'm true. just listing them now i'm not these are not recommendations <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> Um. Yeah. Real Steel. There was a, and there's also an Elvis movie. Um Oh yeah, called Kid Galahad. Where I like Kid boxer. Galahad.
1: I like Kid Galahad.
0: It's cute. As and far as not, Elvis
1: movies go, it's one. Of, it's one of the ones I have seen and really enjoyed. So yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a great movie, but it's definitely one of the better ones. It's no Kiss and Cousins. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um. But it and and for those of you who. Stay away from boxing movies because the violence. Um, there, it's Elvis. They're not going to let anything happen. <laughs>
1: like, Nothing happens to the money maker when it's Elvis. It's the most.
0: It's the most low energy boxing movie in the history of boxing yeah. movies.
1: <laughs> but it is in, is an entertaining movie. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's a that's a good one. You should seek that one out. And it is not if you if you Google boxing movies, Google will not tell you Kid Galahad is one. But it is. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> Those are those are my recommendations. Um, So I think that does it for us. Uh, If you have any thoughts on Southpaw, if you saw it before we warned you away, or if you think that we're totally wrong and it's the best movie you've ever seen in your entire life, uh, first I would recommend that you seek help, and then (laughs) you can let us know at uh, online at realbossybritches.com We're on Twitter and Tumblr at britches podcast. We're on Facebook. At some address that we have still not figured out because we <laughs> don't go on Facebook <laughs> except uh, when we have to., uh, you can also email us at info at realbossybritches.com dot com or you can find us on Twitter individually. I am OC Ferrer and Jules is Jules has tweets and Lisa, where can we find you? I'm
1: on Twitter at it's Lisa e. so if Rachel McAdams wants to call me, she'll just tweet at me, <laughs> me get somebody to tweet at me and we'll talk
0: so. mm-hmm. set yep. it up. Yep. All right, well, thanks for joining us, Lisa. Uh, thanks for having you. me. We will talk to everybody next week. Bye. Bye.